Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith. And Lee, it's almost like deja vu all over again. I check out the Weekly Standard and I see uh, Jimmy Carter, Iran, and Israel in the front section of the blog. What the heck's going on over there? Yeah, well, those are popular features, of course. Um, well, as you know, I mean, the, the, the big item today, or one of the big items today, is there's the, <clears throat> the humanitarian ceasefire between Israel and Palestinian factions in the Gaza Strip, which looks like it may become a uh, a, uh, a lasting ceasefire. Of course, these ceasefires in the past have lasted for maybe two years, and then they erupt into conflict again. But, yeah, it seems like we're going to have a ceasefire here. And, of course, these are the exact same terms that Hamas could have had three weeks ago. Um, and in that uh, in that period of time, those three weeks, the Israelis have destroyed at least 31 of their attack tunnels. They've uh, depleted at least half of Hamas's uh, rocket and missile arsenal. So, in spite of their um, sad loss of uh, life, IDF forces and also number of uh, innocent Palestinian civilians whose lives were fa- sacrificed by Hamas, in spite of these very sad facts, I think we have to look at, um, you know, I mean, the tally is, is, that, is that Israel won. But uh, Jimmy Carter says that Israel never should have fought, that they should have accepted uh, the coalition government with Hamas and Fatah governing all of the, both of the territory areas, but with that Hamas playing no role in the actual governance, you know, no, no technocratic role, if you will. And he puts this, the burden right back solely on Israel, he and another, right. uh, and, and Mary Robinson from Ireland. Is is that a legitimate argument? No, it's preposterous. I've seen the former president's uh, article now, and of course we have a, a good piece uh, in the Weekly Standard on it. No, he, he blames this on Israel. Um, and when the fact is, is that it was the Hamas, kidnapping of three Israeli teenagers that set much of this in motion. I mean, of course, this violated, look, I thought the unity uh, deal between Fatah and Hamas was a bad idea to begin with. And I thought it was uh, Abu Mazen trying to run circles around a failed peace process when he showed that he had nothing to, uh, that, that he had nothing to show his constituents. This was the best he thought he could do. This and go to the UN and win um, you know, and, and win acceptance for a number of uh, Palestinian institutions and UN, um, <clears throat> you know, in UN institutions. Uh, so this was, you know, this was uh, this was Mahmoud Abbas's play to the unity government, and it blew up in his face when Hamas kidnapped and then killed three Israeli teenagers, and then when Hamas kept firing on Israel. So yes, Israel was not happy about the unity agreement, and it said it was not going to negotiate with a unity government like this, except it's not Israel that started this war. Again, it was the kidnapping of three Israeli teenagers, and it was Hamas's current, uh, rather constant rocket fire, and what actually blew up the unity government. It's frankly astonishing that President Carter doesn't know this, or that no one fact-checked this over at foreign policy, but the problem was the kidnapping. That's what blew up the unity deal. But what about the argument the, that... Is, you know, but what about Lee? Fatah was very clear about that. But Lee, what about the argument that Israel should accept governance with Hamas, that they shouldn't take the no Ham- you know, Hamas equals no deal approach? Should they be negotiating with Hamas as a player in the Middle East? No, because Hamas is not... And again, uh, Carter fudges this in his article. 
but Hamas has not accepted the basic quartet principles, as Carter seems to indicate that they have. Carter tries to fudge this case by saying that the unity government accepted quartet principles, and, you know, and that they were technocrats in the government and no Hamas officials in the government. Well, yeah, this is true. Officially, there were no actual Hamas ministers in the government, and various Hamas ministers had resigned, except the fact was, is that there was going to be a number of different people who were going to be paid for, who were going to be taken care of um, by the PA, who included lots of Hamas people. Yes, it was, and that was the whole point of it. I mean, if it was not a unity government between Fatah and Hamas, not covered over by the appointment of technocratic ministers, what was the point of the unity agreement to begin with? It's a unity agreement with what? With Fatah and a bunch of, you know, sort of nameless figurehead technocrats in Gaza? The whole point of it is preposterous. Of course, it was about Fatah and Hamas. Everyone understood this, including Mahmoud Abbas, which was the entire point of the deal. So for Carter not to understand this, again, it's nonsense. Well, it's interesting, too, to have Jimmy Carter and Iran in the you know, news at the same time. Of course, that happened once in you know, 1979. That didn't work out too well. But I thought it was fascinating that according to uh, press reports from the Middle East, Iran is openly saying, yes, we've given support to Hamas you know, for their uh, rockets in the past, which is not really news, mm-hmm. and we intend to continue to do so. In other words, Hamas will be rearmed. Doesn't that kind of legitimize uh, Israel's actions even more, saying you know, that you can't have a ceasefire with someone whose entire daily activity is how can we get more rockets to shoot at Israel? Well, this is one of the issues that we've seen unfolding over the last three weeks now. Uh, I wrote about this actually last week on our blog, talking about how, yes, what we've seen is Hamas and Iran repairing the, um, repairing the different uh, damage that had been done to the relationship in 2012, when Hamas and Iran had a falling out over, uh, over the Syrian civil war, when Iran was backing Bashar al-Assad, their client, uh, and when Hamas felt that it could not be in a position of backing the uh, brutal slaughter of their fellow Sunni co-religionists. So they had a falling out over that. So, you know, there was a steadily building rapprochement, but definitely what we've seen over the last three weeks is, um, is this, these ties being repaired with Hamas's, uh, you know, with Hamas's war against Israel. And I believe that this was one of the purposes of the war. I mean, Hamas was starving. Hamas was in big trouble. They couldn't pay salaries. Uh, they were being starved, shut off by the Egyptians. They were, um, you know, again, they had nothing. They had little to show from the Iranians at this point. But yes, this was, um, this was effectively an audition to say that, see, we, we can be a useful deterrent against Israel and uh, we'll fire thousands and thousands of rockets and put, and put many hundreds of our people in front of, our, in front of those rockets as human shields. And so Iran looked on approvingly, and yes, we're seeing those, um, those ties being repaired now. Uh, there's an argument being made that it doesn't matter how Israel does on the ground, it doesn't matter how many tunnels they shut down or how many rockets they take out, that they're losing the real war, which is the war for world opinion, public opinion, you know, undermining their own standing as the good guys in a bad region. Uh, Gallup poll today, 42% of Americans support the actions Israel's taken uh, towards Hamas, 38% uh, don't, which is a pretty close number. Is that something that Israel should be worried about is it something that America should be helping with? And is it possible for Israel to win the war on the ground, but then set themselves back 
a great degree when it comes to international and public diplomacy? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think these polls go, um, I, I mean, again, like we, we look at the most important poll in this country, which shows an overwhelming, uh, an overwhelming majority of Americans, I believe the number of the most recent fewer Gallup poll is something like 64% of Americans support Israel. And yes, of course, like most Americans aren't home following the news in all its closest details. So when they see the, you know, when they see the suffering again of, uh, you know, of innocent Palestinians, it's frustrating to lots of people or downright upsetting. So I think that people don't, don't necessarily want to see this continue to happen. But again, this was after, we're talking about after several weeks of this war and the numbers were, the numbers were getting higher and higher. The Israelis assessments are, uh, something that at least half of the people who have been killed were Hamas fighters. So as these numbers start to unfold, as people start to realize what happened here, and as news of that gets that more and more clearly, as people see, um, as people see, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw the film clip from the Indian uh, Indian news crew in Gaza when they actually showed they, they actually showed where rockets were being fired, where rockets were being fired, and they were using. Um, you know, and also there's a Finnish journalistic crew as well, showing rockets being fired from Shifa Hospital. So, you know, as as these facts start to unfold more and more, people will understand what's going on here and what's happened here. So, no, I'm, I, I, I myself am not uh, alarmed by these polls. We'll, we'll, we'll see these change as they were different, I'm sure, three weeks ago when after the kidnap of three Israeli teams and constant Hamas rocket missile fire on Israel. I, there's a the we, there's been a lot of focus on how Israel's been get, getting beaten up in the press and how you know uh, the the willingness of Hamas to use Gazan children as uh, you know as uh, PR fodder their bodies as PR mm-hmm. fodder I should say is tough but I think Hamas has struggled in this as well number one continually breaking uh, you know ceasefires but also. This disturbing uh, interview that's been making the rounds, not just on CNN, where it first originated, but now other news sources have started to pick it up, where you have a Hamas spokesperson kind of either repeating or refusing to denounce the blood libel of Israel. And that's the kind of extremism that the dopey, you know, college kids, I'm, you know, divest, you know, (laughs) from Israel people, they hear that and they go, oh, my gosh, these people really are extreme. Right. Um, I, I mean, it's not surprising that they, I, I believe you're talking about the interview with Wolf Blitzer of right. Hamdan, one of the Hamas spokesmen in, uh, in Beirut. Yeah, this is not surprising. I mean, anyone who knows anything about the Hamas charter, which is uh, priest with anti-Semitic tropes, um, you know, copying passages from the protocols of the elders of Zion, it's, this should hardly come as any surprise that this is what these guys think. Why at different times there are... Um, People on the um, people scattered throughout the American political spectrum that choose to ignore this vile garbage. Right? That that I can't really explain. Again, we have all sorts of. <laughs> this is a very large country of 300 million people, where people believe all sorts of corrupt and crazy things, and it's very uh, unfortunate to see people uh, people swallowing these anti-Semitic tropes or people having no problem. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. Why it happens? Hard to explain. But the point is that for the first time in you know the the media world, the the you know the that I would I, for lack of a better term, normal people live in. You know what I mean? The the more mainstream mm-hmm. media, you have this idea. Most people think this is some fringe argument that some you know 
you know Nutter makes uh, against the Hamas out in the the you know wilds of the interwebs. And in right. fact, here's a guy on television, and Wolf Blitzer, the disappointment is on his face, essentially saying, "I really was expecting you to shoot this down. <laughs> I don't understand." Right. And the Hamas spokesperson, to his credit, stands by the vile beliefs of Hamas right there on international yeah, yeah. television. Sure. sure. I mean, again, I I, I I don't know how much effect I will have on. Look, I mean, the television, uh, the American television audience who understands what Hamas is about will not be surprised by that. And the American television audience, by and large, that uh, is anti-Israel. Again, a much much smaller number of Americans, sure. but is anti-Israel and deplores Israel's actions in self-defense against Palestinian terrorists will either ignore that statement or, um, or, or, or they won't care at all. So I, I, this to me is not surprising. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, just, it just marks another divide in public opinion. Lee Smith from the Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.